When you take commission out, the advantage for the client, it's accelerated. In this episode of Advisor Revelations, learn why one advisor turned to commission-free fixed index annuities to provide guaranteed income for clients and take a deeper dive into more benefits of the FIA and how it can benefit your practice and clients. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Advisor Revelations podcast. Today, we're going to jump right to it and focus the entire podcast on commission-free fixed indexed annuities. We'll discuss why this solution is so relevant now in financial planning and how RIAs are utilizing this product for their clients. And to help us out with this topic today, we're going to be interviewing Tim Brown, who is the family officer at 360 Family Office. Tim. Thanks for joining us today. Thanks for having me. Tim, you've been working with us for a little over two years now. So before we get started, would you mind sharing a little bit about yourself and the 360 family office? Well, I started out as 360 Wealth Resources as the RIA back in 2012. And before that, I'd been the typical IIR. I come with a financial planning background. And so I've just expanded that. and, And then I kind of turned the name of the firm in a different direction with 360 Family Office after I got certified as a family officer. And so what I do is I work with the family. That's the model that I'm trying to do, Gen 1, 2, and 3, ranging from what they need for lifetime sustainable income to health issues and, of course, the the tax and estate planning and, and trust. Thanks, Tim. Appreciate you sharing that. So when we first started working together, I believe one of the pain points is you were really looking for a partner who could support in providing uh, some sort of fixed income alternatives for your clients. What was it that specifically made you realize a need to to look for such a solution? Well, I got certified as a retirement management analyst through the Investment and Wealth Institute. And so when you do that coursework, it's very academically focused and you start to work math, not opinions. And one of the key things that you can see is that in creating lifetime sustainable income for folks, that having what we call the floor is the bigger, the better if you're looking for uh, assured outcomes. And so the first thing I did was turn my nose up at the thought of using annuities in my client situations. And I was sure, and there's more than one way to do this. Um, when you come from the retirement management analyst world, there's people that do the fixed income bond ladders. And then there's people that, that say, no, no annuities is what you need to do there. And they're not all, they weren't originally talking about indexed annuities. They were talking about fixed annuities. I started to look at that. I go, why would I do a fixed annuity? I'm turning over my money. I'll never get it back. I had a big struggle with how am I going to bill for that? So let's build those bond ladders looks a lot better. Well, when you go to TD Ameritrade and ask that trade desk to build you a bond ladder for 30 years for this client, when you get back that report, it's, it's uh, it's shocking the level of cost and capital reduction that comes with that because trading bonds is expensive building a bond ladder expensive and so i just kept searching and i came across this wade fowl guy and he was talking about annuities and then i started to understand that he wasn't necessarily he was talking fixed annuities originally and then the index annuity came to light and so I start. I thought to myself, you got to be kidding me. 
it, 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 I can get some rate of return that's without any downside. So I got really excited. Then I found the products that provide me with the lifetime income rider. And I started thinking to myself, this is a whole new world. So that was pretty exciting at the time. It, it definitely was. And, and you mentioned the floor and, and creating some, some outcomes. Could you expound on that for us, Tim, a little bit about what you meant by floor? Yes. So what we think about is that two people have three kinds of capital. They've got financial capital, which is their savings and how they've invested that. And they have human capital, always an interesting measurement of how much potential earnings do you have left? Where are you with the human capital? And then there's what they call social capital, which is pensions, social security, and and annuities. And so when when you looked at building a floor, that was going to come out of the social capital spot. So you're looking for what kind of pensions do you have? Where's the social security payments coming in? And and trying to establish things without volatility as far as providing income forever without interruption. That's the critical thing is how big a floor can we get? When you think of a floor, what it's not is fixed income bonds because there's volatility there. There's uh, capital exposure uh, to the downside there. So that goes over into the investments and financial capital spot. So it really became important to really focus on how I could build broader, sustainable floors. Thanks for clarifying that. When we talk about the fixed indexed annuities, you had mentioned, of course, having downside protection with the floor, being able to invest in some sort of indice up to a cap. But uh, I know you in particular have uh, taken a liking to the lifetime income riders. I would ask, you know, what drew you to those and what is it that you like about that for your particular clients? A lifetime uh, income ladder is where they convert my capital to a return and it's a you know actuarially determined percentage. And then when I realized that that percentage is also going to earn the crediting rate that my capital was earning before it, it I started to see where um, they were getting some really interesting returns. And when I say an interesting return, I'm, I'm talking about 5%-ish when we do the back testing. And so when you look at the performance of these using indexes, you get the feel that, geez, I can get a 5% average annual return out of these things over long periods of time. Of course, that's not guaranteed. Back testing is always has its uh, dangers, in my opinion, but that's the best you can do is to say, well, how would this have worked in the past? And markets repeat themselves on some level. So let's. it seems like a reasonable approach to rely on that as some form of potential return going forward. It could. Why couldn't it be more? Of course, it could be less. But the fact that it was ranging in the 5% and the way I was going to use it was to substitute fixed income allocations in my client's retirement portfolios, take that bond exposure and shift it into a indexed annuity exposure. 5% is a good number. Uh, of course, in today's uh, fixed income environment, particularly when you're using that asset to help fund the fixed indexed annuities, I think what you do is, is very ideal and, you know, of course, is going to help improve client outcomes. So can you tell us a little bit about um, the typical client, maybe at your firm and the ideal candidate that you like utilizing the fixed indexed annuities for? That would be everybody. But let's talk about some of the ideal candidates. And the quickly, the reason is 
that uh, I've been working at this for over 35 years. Uh, back in the day, I knew what 13% interest rates were like on a life insurance policy crediting rate. So I understand interest rates going down and I inter- understand interest rates going up. And so, you know, that capital exposure is like a big danger to me. So I've got a client and the the client's children came to me and they said, what are you doing with our dad's money? Because their, their mother had just passed away and their mother was the, was the queen of the castle. And she was the one that saved all the money and managed all the finances. And dad was kind of a party. So when mom suddenly, it was very fast, mom got sick, had a brain situation that resulted in her not, in, in her leaving us, which, you know, I'd been working with her for 20 years at that point successfully. So that was a big deal. And so, you know, the question was twofold. One, I, now this guy is going to be going into the, now he's approaching retirement. And two, I have a family issue. And this is what they said to me. Make sure that our dad isn't able to spend all his money and has to come live with me. I thought it was very funny. It made me laugh, but she wasn't kidding. And so, (laughs) you know, you start to see that, well, it's not quite so simple, but that was the, that was the mandate was one, take care of him so that he had an income that he could not outlive and that he could not outspend. And so two things happen. One, I'm able to isolate the, the capital. I've lock off the downside. I create a, an income stream for him that's, that's identifiable and growing. And of course, we've, we're, we've got some time for this to grow. So it's really, uh, when I say grow, I mean for the capital to grow and that increases the income. So let that grow. Second thing it did, was once I locked off that fixed income risk or the part of the portfolio that I needed as a volatility buffer, that is no volatility buffer, it enables me to really not worry about what I'm doing as much with the equity side. Now I've got the equity volatility isolated and I'm working that portfolio out of the corner of my eye with those two beneficiaries in mind. The very person who said, make sure dad doesn't come live with me. I'm also taking care of her because she's going to be the beneficiary most likely of that part of the portfolio of those legacy assets. And so it frees me up to know that she's she's 30-ish. And so I've got a long time frame to be able to work through market up and down and not flinch when the market's going down, when this guy's demanding pretty significant income. I mean, I send the guy $350,000 a year. So, you know, that's a lot of shifting around in a portfolio to make sure that that happens. So, um, you know, it's a fun job. But when you, it, it, it not only does it benefit her, it benefits my client the father, her brother, and then it it, it lets them live free from market volatility. You know, February 2020, March 2020, these people aren't on the phone with me. They couldn't care less. That's not a conversation to be had. They're like, whatever. We already plan. The the markets go down and we've already planned for that. So um, it really frees up what you can do for your client when you've got these kind of when you kind of pensionize his IRA, uh, which is pretty big, and his four hundred one k balances, which are pretty big, and 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 then you can and then you can really take care of that next generation in a, in a different way, different thought process. 
that's a that's a phenomenal story and i think one that probably hits home with a lot of our audience uh here at advisor revelations grabbed a lot of the the economical benefit and what adding some of those guaranteed lifetime income strategies does to the rest of the portfolio being able to invest uh how you want you said more freely in equities when we're thinking about a, a legacy asset because i do think that's a big misconception that a lot of advisors have is if i'm adding an annuity to the portfolio then i'm automatically reducing the legacy value of this client's portfolio and uh, i know you've done the research and ran the numbers uh and that's just that's just not true that is incorrect math and not in every case all everyone's a one-off and we know that about our clients however um when you do the math and you see how that lifetime income rider i've always picked the kind where it gets the crediting rate so slightly smaller at the beginning and then it grows. But when you start to see that thing growing and you know, I've got a joint account and the story I told you was a single, that's true, but I use it a lot in uh, the married clients because I love that joint account feature of it. It's lifetime income for that family. When you look at what the growth is, as that income stream grows at that 5% or so rate, it starts to free up the equity side. We won't be needing that money. The math is really compelling. Agreed. And, and what types of softwares or, or research help you uh, come to that conclusion? Yeah, I use eMoney was, was what I was doing my modeling in. And so I had gone to a seminar that eMoney gave. And at that eMoney seminar, they started talking about how it requires this process to really get those lifetime income riders into the model. But that illustration, when people see what that illustration looks like, they're like, "You seriously, what we're trying to do is in eMoney, it's a cash flow report. And on that right side, it says remaining assets. And when you see the numbers that we're generating on that right side, Nothing's guaranteed. There's no doubt about it. I, I, I trust no one, but at least I'm generating some super positive outcomes. And it's very simple in, in the e-money process to toggle something off and see what it looks like with and look at what it looks like without. And when you remove the risk of interest rates rising and the capital carnage that results on a fixed income portfolio when that happens, it's really compelling. A lot of that discussion was just around you, the advisor, seeing the economics, the running the math of including a fixed index annuity with a living benefit rider for that guaranteed income that does free up uh, a lot of that equity portion of the portfolio. Could you walk us through how you think clients respond psychologically to having some of those guaranteed income features inside their portfolio? I think you touched on it a little bit uh, with that particular client, but do you tend to see ease, if you will, from the clients? You know, I have a grandpa that he's no longer with me. He was all about the pension. Oh, yeah. Grandpa John had freed up life because he had pensions coming in. He was someone I really admired. And I, he was a banker. And he had created these pensions for himself over time. And that's a magical word in a world where people don't have them. Pension plans don't exist in the private capital world. And so when you start showing someone that they can have a pensionized, I call it pensionized uh, IRA or a pensionized asset in any form, they start to say to themselves, wow, are you saying that I can spend all of the money that I have in this account? And even if it runs out, 
they're going to still pay me and pay me that growing amount right there. It's a very exciting moment in those ledgers when we show those illustrations and they start saying, well, what happens when I get done spending all this money at that distribution rate, which is not sustainable mathematically? It's a very pleasant conversation. My client was in the insurance business for a very long time. My brother had a degree in actuarial science. This client was his friend from high school. So he says, I want Dave Brown to take a look at this for me. So my brother gets the illustration and starts looking it over and he gets on the phone with me and we have these involved discussion about actuarial assumptions and mortality credits. And he got to the end of the conversation and says, uh, excuse me, brother, but and used a couple of expletives in there. How come I don't have one of these? Um, I want this right away. And he loves the idea of that certainty. And he knows when he pushes the button, get start getting that income, that it's going to work very nicely for him in the future. Tim, I think a lot of those stories uh, are, are, you know, obviously real world. And I think a lot of clients feel that same sentiment, right? We see a lot of surveys or research talking about retirees or soon to be retirees and how much they crave some sort of of guaranteed income stream. Um, You mentioned it, you called it pensionizing IRAs. Sometimes here at DPL, we call the uh, fixed indexed annuities with living benefits a personal pension, right? With that said, there seems to be some disconnect between some of that research on on clients and and really a a lot of advisors out there. Uh, We see a lot of advisors that still believe in an investment-only approach for their clients that they don't really subscribe to guaranteed income in the portfolio. We'll see them often increasing equity allocations to offset low bond yields, even with older clients, so increasing risk in the portfolio. What would be your thoughts on that strategy? Tell us a little bit more about why you think the guaranteed income is so important. In a competitive marketplace, I welcome those people thinking that way. It's unfortunate for their clients because it's mathematically incorrect. And I think that's what's missing from a lot of the experience is when I look at something without having the mathematical evidence provided. So when I did that retirement management analyst work, getting that certification, there were some serious people talking to us about the real world. And we were looking at real life numbers and studies. And when you introduce that guaranteed income, the, the outcomes are shockingly, significantly more secure. And it's just, it's, it's a no-brainer once you see the compelling math behind it. I have a lot of opinions in my life. Um, and so what happened was I had to learn that my opinions are nice and everything. When I did the work, when I saw the math, when I saw the outcomes for my clients, I'm a competitive guy. I want to win. And I, <laughs> and I want to be the best darn advisor on the planet. And when that client's children look over my shoulder or other professional advisors, they're seeing, wow, this is how it's done. This is the highest level of competency. And here's somebody that really is doing the kind of job that I would want to have done if I knew what the hell I was doing myself. Completely agree. And I think uh, to your point earlier, uh, a lot of advisors and maybe even you in the past, you mentioned, oh, I'll never use annuities. I think there's a lot of misconceptions around the word annuity. Did you have a lot of misconceptions when you first started kind of down this process? And if so, what were they? 
Well, I grew up, so to speak, I worked in an annuity shop where the guy who was running the shop was into annuities and he was churning them and burning them. Like if he would, you know, somebody would be in there and he'd get the bonus. And then three years later, he'd be flipping them out of there using the next bonus uh, to, to pay them out of the surrender charge. It was something to see. And so my point of view is that's for the other guys who are not really interested in what's happening to their client, but interesting in happening to their back pocket and using those commissioned annuities was absolutely out of the question. They don't mathematically work for me. Why would I want to ask an insurance company to do what I can do for myself, which in a variable annuity process, there's a lot of ways for me to replicate that kind of environment and those kind of returns. I'm not really interested in locking my client's money up and collecting a commission. And so I would never use annuities. If I wasn't inherited, there was no annuities going on in my shop. What changed was when I realized that the conversations I was having were guys talking about non-commissioned annuities. And I thought to myself, what does that look like? That was where the, the, the ship started really turning, was when I started to see the math was so compellingly different from a commission product to a non-commissioned product that I could really start to consider, okay, I'm not really talking about annuities. I'm talking about a tool that creates a fantastic outcome for my client, just like any other thing that I do, any other kind of portfolio allocation. Where do I find an advantage? Why would I use that allocation? What percent do I want to use? There's no change in my point of view. It's like, this is where I create the advantage right here by using a non-commissioned product. Thanks for sharing. I couldn't have said it better myself, Tim, regarding commission versus commission free. So while we're on the topic, some of our listeners uh, might be new to DPL. What would you say the biggest value add so far is for you to be a partner with DPL? And how do you intend to continue to leverage DPL in the future? Here's what happened was I started to go out into the world and and the idea that I was going to start measuring every non-commissioned fixed income product out there was made me want to lay down on the floor and curl up in the fetal position, truthfully. I have no desire to do that. When I found DPL, and this is what I heard, we know what the market looks like, and we will bring you all of the non-commissioned annuities that you can stand to look at. We'll let you compare them. We'll do the comparison for you, and we'll be able to guide you to what the best one is for the situation that you are, would share with us. And I said, wait a minute, seriously, I'm going to be able to delegate to you all of the product gathering. Absolutely. And Tim, we will also do all the paperwork for you. Really? Wait a minute. You're, <laughs> I, I was in the life insurance business. I know how to fill out a life insurance app and how to work with the home office and, and to go back and forth many, many times with all the people that work there. And the thought of doing that was also quite mm, not exciting, you know? And so the opportunity to delegate someone to keep an eye on the market for me, keep me up to date on what's going on out there. You guys keep bringing new products to, you know, new, new, new offerings products is the right word, but offerings is the way I would look at it. People are doing new things. They're becoming more competitive. DPL is, is out there advocating for insurance companies to come up with new ideas. I've been able to watch how that's been going. I send in a data sheet and next thing you know, I've got an app coming back and I'll say this, hey, the, the apps are prodigious. I must say, 
those are some pieces of work. Mm -hmm. um, so to go through it with the client where everything is yellowed, this is where you sign, go to the next page to sign here. When I think about the kind of work that I get for the small amount I pay, it's to me no brainer um, the, the kind of value that I get back that they they send the finished product to the client they work with the the, uh, the the carriers when there's questions or issues as far as delegation goes it's one of my the, the, the best parts of my practice is how to delegate things to really competent people yeah. Tim we do appreciate those those kind words I appreciate your insights I think it's very valuable for our listeners I want to thank you for joining the podcast I want to thank you for being a great partner and a deep member with us uh, over the years and look forward to continuing working with you in the future. No, I just uh, really appreciate the good work you guys are doing over there and the kind of people that you are. So thanks. And it's been nice to visit with you today. Thanks for listening. To hear more advisor revelations, go to dplfp.com and subscribe to Apple and Google Podcasts or Spotify for updates.